Hey, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Conversation Podcast here at McCurdy's Comedy Theater. This episode was recorded on the 28th of May, 2020, and we are still closed here at McCurdy's Comedy Theater, but we are eagerly looking to the future because we plan on opening soon. Also... We have a special uh, lineup for you this week. We had three headliners for y'all. That's right, we had one in-house headliner. He actually came into the studio itself. His name is John Carfee. He is a world touring comedian. He's done it all. He's done it for 30 plus years. And it was really cool just to hear his insight and his experience on this whole COVID matter and just comedy in general. We also had Jim McHugh. He's a hilarious headliner. I really love this guy. He's a McCurdy's favorite. He runs the Boston Comedy Festival up in Boston, and uh, he's just a household name everywhere he goes, but especially Boston, where some of the best comics play. We also had David Scott, a.k.a. Mr. Showtime. He was our last caller. He called in, and uh, he was just really interesting to talk to. I I love this guy. He's nothing but a fun time to be around, and a hilarious headliner, uh, national touring. He's done it all as well, and uh, he's just real a real smart guy, too. You can just tell by talking to him, and I thought he had a really good take on uh, how comedy should be done from here on out. So if, you, if you're interested in comedy and you love, you love comedy, I think you got a really good lineup for this podcast. And uh, we also had one of my really good friends, a fellow uh, local guy, amateur comic. His name is Chris Sanders. And uh, real proud to know this guy. He's actually uh, just got done shooting his very first pilot for a TV show that he's going to pitch. So we're uh, really excited about that. I got to help him out just a little with it. So uh, please give it up for our guest today, Mr. David Scott, a.k.a. Mr. Showtime, Mr. Jim McHugh from Boston, and John Carfee and Chris Sanders. to the conversation. <laughs> hey, it's Les McCurdy here at McCurdy's Comedy Theater and Humor Institute, Sarasota, Bradenton, Venice, and the surrounding areas, including Smooth. Mayaka, Onico, <laughs> Ellington, and and uh, I think, and Lakewood Ranch. Mm. Yeah, ooh, yeah. Smooth DJ That's voice. right, baby. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, the conversation, normally, we would be sitting in our green room behind the stage, and there would be a show going on in the showroom. <laughs> and we, you would be uh, getting our just our candid, normal conversation, pretty much, uh, that we have as comedians while a show's going on, well, along with whoever might be in the green room with us. Well, there is no show, because we're still close. Mm-hmm. And um, we're in the showroom, and I have two comics with me. We're going to have a couple of comics phone in. And uh, it's just a conversation. This is not an interview. It's just us. You know, jacking around, Hanging having out. some fun. You know, we, it, it might be funny at times, and it might get real serious at times. We might get pissed. We you might, might start crying. Whatever. <laughs> might. Might. So the guy talking right there, introduce yourself. I am comedian John Carfee, and I, uh, I headline here at McCurdy's every once in a while. I came down from uh, the New York area, and uh, now I live in Florida, where I'm becoming older and older every day. <laughs> And that's a good thing. <laughs> that's what I do. I that's just hang out thing. and do absolutely nothing. I'm that's a writer. Right. Yes. Got a few books out. Nice. 
was the opening act for Donna Summer. I still now open for Julio Iglesias, believe it or not. At least he's alive. He's alive. At least you, at least you have I, a credit I just, that's still alive. I just lost Kenny Rogers, who I opened for I all know. the time. I'm I, so sad about that. I know. That. Most of our big, big acts, they were, they're all dying. Now honestly. I'm working for Spanish guys, and I don't even speak Spanish. <laughs> and Julio, who knows Ola, how much longer Ola. he's going to be around. <laughs> who knows? And, and our next guest. Hi, my name is Chris Sanders. Uh, I am a local comic here. Spent some time in Los Angeles for a bit, about five years. Uh, regards to credits, I opened for uh, a movie about the Cambodian genocide. I did some comedy before a movie about the Cambodian genocide. I, w- I would be <laughs> so <laughs> curious. <laughs> Nothing like comedy with a genocide. Oh, man. <laughs> that was, and that was a bad one. I mean, I was, I, was, I was a young man. I was in my 20s when that was happening. And, and oh, Lord. We knew how bad. Well, uh, uh, we didn't know because we weren't there. But, boy, that was an awful... <laughs> Yeah. Piece of history. Yeah, that's man. a sad yeah. time. I, I opened for I opened for uh, serial They were killers. killing people. <laughs> was it the Khmer Rouge? Khmer Rouge. Yeah. Were killing yeah. people. They killed everybody that wore glasses. John Carpenter. Hello. Get these babies off. You know that. <laughs> yeah, if you wore glasses, <laughs> dead. Without these, I'm because nothing. Because <laughs> they felt like anyone that wore glasses. Were they jocks or something? Or? No. Anybody that wore glasses it exuded intelligence. Yeah. Oh, oh really? And could be challenging. Could uh. be someone who might be challenging to to their authority e MC so yeah Square. if you wore glasses let's say, let's I, just assume Dan. i am really smart so i don't know what to say uh, about that yeah <laughs> that's yeah. weird i'm pretty dumb actually yeah <laughs> i know so many dummies with glasses that not well, no, it doesn't even make sense <laughs> yeah. you know it's a I mean? dumb rule that's a person with no glasses i know i know and that's it just hilarious. goes to show how Everybody does think that, though. They think, oh, this guy's pretty smart. He's got glasses right, right. on there. Yeah, I think like an 80s. Wait till you see my underwear. You'll change your mind. And you would think, you would think that a, a group that would be able to be powerful enough to take over a country in a, in a, in a way, you know, that powerful, could completely take over a country, would be smart enough to know that everybody that wears glasses is not smart. It's not smart. Yeah, the paradox of authoritarianism. Exactly. I disagree with you on that. But. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's pretty much the damn deal. It's pretty much that you just can't see and you're too old is what it is. Right. Yeah, that's right. pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. I woke up this morning, I looked in the mirror, I was naked and afraid. That happens every <laughs> once in a while. I have a... Uh, I just got cataracts done. Did you? Uh, yes. I, I want to do that, too. I did it last year. I don't well, have them. I just want to do it. Well, you know, it, you don't have them? No, I have them. I do. Do you have, have them? I do have them, yeah. You know, what was wild to me was, was and how old are you? I am 31. Okay. 31. So, at about, I, I want to say, let's see, I'm 64 now. So, at about my mid-40s, wow, right around right. my 45-ish, was when my, my eye doctor, just at a regular exam, goes, Eventually, we're going to have to deal with your cataracts. And I'm like, cataracts? Yeah. <laughs> and it fuck? ain't a car. It I ain't know. a car. <laughs> I was like, I've got cataracts. You can already see it. He goes, yeah, yeah. He goes, it, it'll, they'll pop, you know, they're nothing now. But wait, let me ask you this, though. Now, this is important because I may get that same thing done that you got done. When you got it done, you didn't have to wear glasses anymore. No. Now, people don't think you're smart, but. Okay. That's right. That's so right. Well, it, you know, that, I never had that problem. You never had that problem. Never had that issue. Ask my wife. I never had People that People think problem. I'm incredibly lucky. Uh, <laughs> but, you know. Uh, but well, it made it better, though, right? Oh, oh, like night and day. I mean, with he, he basically told me, he said, you know, what's going to happen is, is that your vision, you know, it's just like, you know, it's, it, it just, you've got something growing over your lens. It's just going to get harder and harder for light to get through. 
And so, you know, I started noticing like one of the th- first things that came up was couldn't see my golf ball when I hit it. Oh, geez. you know, once it hit that not sky, a lot of boom, can, gone. But not a lot of people can see the golf ball. This a fucking beer. I heard. Right. <laughs> yeah, I know. You don't know where it's going. And. You know, my reading, you know, I was using readers by the time I was in my about mid-50s. Yeah. And started using readers, you know, and, of course, the power just keeps going up, up, up. And, and it got to the place where, actually, I needed my reading glasses at about, I don't know, five or six power all the time. Oh. They actually helped my vision even, even like uh, uh, 10, 15 feet in front of me. And I, reading anything... No fucking way. That's the same with Without me. That. Same well, with me. And so I got the cataracts. When you get the – see, what I didn't know about cataract surgery was this. I thought – They laser. They took the cataract off the lens that you have, that they just cleaned it up. Hmm. Uh-uh. They remove your lens. Gone. Your lens is taken out of your eye. What goes in? An, a new lens made out of what made out of something that man makes oh, a man-made lens like a stained glass window a new lens it is a new <laughs> lens colors, goes in so colors. legitimately during the operation they do one eye and then you come back another week right. and they do the other so eye. you're able to see a little bit and, and the thing is is that i was like so legitimately there's a point during that operation where i'm blind I'm totally blind in that eye. He goes, correct. Wow. You have no lens. And if you drop dead at that fucking point, you know. Who, the doctor? You yeah. Mean. Yeah, you're a done, you're <laughs> a done deal. Or but, it was an earthquake. You're a done deal. So anyway, that was a little weird. I did not know that I was getting brand new lenses, that my lenses would be gone. Oh, so they, they didn't disclose, like, what they were going to do during the operation? Oh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. he told me beforehand. <laughs> oh, yeah, so we last I know, I know. They'll last because, forever, though? They'll last forever, right? I mean, Well, yes, yes, they will last forever. <laughs> well, as forever as you were going to lose. They yeah, will last forever. Uh, they can, it, it still could get to the point maybe, you know, later down the line, I might need reading glasses again, maybe, you know, right. 15 years down the line. Well, who cares? Then you'll be sitting in the chair anyway. Whatever. I'll be good. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, I think, you know, the thing about it is, it's like I always thought, oh, that, you know, your vision starting to go was your yeah. way that, you know, when you're married, that a- as you age, you can't tell that how fucked up the other person's looking. You know what I mean? It just is kind of blurred. <laughs> And, uh, you but, look beautiful today. But the thing is, is that when you do it, they they give you the choice, okay? You can either get a lens that cures nearsightedness so you no longer need reading glasses anymore. Or you can decide, I'm okay with the reading glasses. I'd rather have a lens that... Oh, so you can't do both. That, no, you can. That's a progressive lens. That's what I have. But you have to be a candidate for that. You know, for whatever reason, you have to have something with your vision has to be a candidate for that. I've got the progressive lens. Now, here's the only thing about the progressive lens. The progressive lens literally has like, I think it's four or five rings of, uh, of different magnification. Okay. You have to be looking at an angle or something? Your eye, your brain has to learn where to look based on what distance wow. you're looking into. Oh, wow. It gives you such a an appreciation for what your normal eye does in that when you think about your normal eye 
in this stuff we take granted, is that you look at something that's a foot away, like I'm looking at this piece of paper, it's a foot away, and I can read the words on it. And then in a, in a nanosecond, I look, up, look up, and I'm looking 200 or 100 yards away and you can adjust at the to top of a tree. Your, your normal eye will make that adjustment without you noticing any lag time. Like wow. you won't notice, you can, your normal eye can go from one foot to an extreme distance and you don't notice any little blur or adjustment. Okay, yeah. well, wait. Like now, important question you know, here, though. How, like how long did that take for you to adjust to that, or was it something where you looked and you saw a blurry? It just no, happened it right took, away. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a year, I'm a year and three months in, and I'm just now starting to get to the point to where I think that it's, you know, Normal. I don't, I don't notice it. I don't sure, notice really. it. But I was noticed, and but I will say the nearsighted stuff. Uh, five days after the thing, twenty twenty vision. I could read really? tiny wow. fucking print. Yeah, you know what I mean. Tiny, well, what, tiny. But what print. about what about the anxiety to think getting a thing done? Were you were you popping Xanax at some point? Or no, no, you know it no? was. I was, but you know the thing was. Now here's the other thing I want to say too: with progressive lens. You know I told you there's five rings of man magnification. Well, yeah. at night. When you look at a light or a headlight comes at you, it, 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 <laughs> what do they have a word for it? It flares or whatever. You can see each one of those rings. You see no. the, yes, oh, wow. no. they all stand out. And then there's wow. a burst. There's like a star burst. So yeah, your flaring. eyes, that, that, I still see that, but mm -hmm. I've learned, it's like my doctor said, that won't go away. But your brain will learn to kind of ignore it. I see. You know, you'll just wow. you'll like my ex-wife. Yeah, exactly. Black. Okay, great. Okay. Wow. So that's progressive. Right? <laughs> progressive. So that was yeah, that was a that's thing. That's a with, ring of fire with right cataracts. There. You know what I mean? Jeez. And, she always uh, drove a cataract. That was yeah, the whole. Yeah, yeah. I don't even want to talk. So about you know, and 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 the progressive lenses are more expensive, and your insurance doesn't cover them. Your insurance are covered regularly. Oh, so you can okay. only go one way. So if you want to go the progressive, it costs about five thousand dollars. Wow, that, that your mind, insurance won't cover. I wouldn't mind just seeing like straight for and then putting glasses on the read. I don't yeah. mind that. What's well, the, there's you know. some people that get the progressives that don't like them at all because of those, the night driving with sure. the what it does to yeah. lights and, and those rings. you know it, it. They don't like to. He said they don't like having to spend a year with their eyes adjusting to mm -hmm. it. Yeah, you know no, I wouldn't I mean? want that. Yeah, that would freak me out. Well, there was yeah, a there's a story on 60 Minutes where they almost recovered somebody from blindness, like almost completely, using like cybernetic implants and stuff like that, and they like hated it. They've been blind all their life right. and their brain and they hated to see because their their brain got sensory overloaded. It's never f never seen before. So it was like they'll get used to it. It though. was a whole new learn. No, they said like they like they literally regretted getting the surgery. Really? Like a year later, they were wow. like, I hate That's it. pretty bizarre. Yeah, because they got so accustomed to just being blind that when they had this all these they had like they took like the off their eyes and went, oh my God, yeah. I can so see used to having your yeah. leg like, and like just it. never yeah. ending migraines, yeah. never ending migraines and stuff like their brain was just overloaded. It, it didn't develop with the ability to have that sensory. Uh, wow. 
Yeah, so. But it didn't change after a while, though? I mean, I, don't, I, mean I don't know. I didn't I see, like, the part to. two. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, well, you got to go watch part two. Yeah, part two. <laughs> they, yeah. He comes back, and he can, like. Leslie Stahl with him. Yeah. yeah. That's right. That's wow. Right. He's a, he's a. Yeah. yeah. He's but, a, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the idea is, and the thing about it is, too, when they do the operation, you're, you're, you are, they give you a local. Anesthetic. So Anesthetic. you're awake when that's being yeah. done, and they that's give they give you something that kind of like a prostate exam, but that's, I'm not doing it. Yeah. Okay. And by the way, but so you're awake. Yes, you're awake. You're awake. And because the doctor has to be able to talk to you, uh-huh. and you have to be able to respond to things that he's saying. Like, can you, you know? see this? Or is he you, is he like uh, waving his hand? Or are you looking at things? Is well, he, you're just looking up into yeah, a light, into a and light, they've okay. got your eyes. You see my assist, all Can you see my assistant's breasts from right over there on that side? Can you see your build this far? He said that it was with me one surgery. He said one surgery you were completely. I think it was the second, the first surgery. I ended up with a little bit of a black eye, and he said you were a mess. You were tense. You were fighting. You know you were, and and I didn't feel like I was at all. I felt like I was calmer in that one. Yeah. And I felt like I was more out of it in that one. They don't recommend a piece of Xanax, seriously. Well, in the second up, one, but... he medicated me more because he goes, I needed to because you were so tense and fighting. Mm-hmm. You know, you were just That's kind of, good, you were no, freaking yeah. out a little bit. It's, it's almost and like he goes, the second one, I told him, I said, the second surgery, I felt like I kind of got scared because I felt like going in. And when you first started, I was a lot more aware of everything. And I thought, I'm not under enough. You know right. what I mean? He goes, no, that wasn't it at all. You were just calmer and everything. We didn't have to give you as much shit. Yeah. You know? I got a stent. Yeah, it's a little freaky having somebody it's cut freaky. your fucking eye open. Sure. I, yeah. got a stent, I got a stent put in my heart, and, I, and they angiogram, they go through your groin and up into your heart. I was awake when that was being done. Watching it on a, two big screens and watching the guy put this catheter through my groin up and through my chest and i actually watched him do it and he goes look i don't know so you, would he, you want to watch he, that he, i know well mind. he made me watch i'm a very curious person no change the channel change they the shot channel. the guy in my heart and you could see the clog oh my God. and he goes okay now we're going to put a little balloon in there and blow that up and put a stent right in. and he did it right while i was watching the whole yeah. time and i was like wow that wasn't that bad yeah all right, now here's now some, I got seven of them. So now there you go. <laughs> I've got my my uh, I I have a, a physical or I, I I see my doctor every six months. Mm-hmm. Right, me and, too. Yeah. And so uh, and I have blood work done every six months, and we go and and but one of not both one of them is a full physical exam. The other one is going over your blood work, talk to you a little bit, da da, da check a few things, yeah. you know. But one's a full exam. I think this one is the full exam supposed to be. So I just found out that. Of course, with the virus, you're not going in there, and you're, the doctor's not actually seeing no. you. It's all done video. So my question is, do I stick my own finger up my ass <laughs> and then, like, tell you what I'm feeling? Yeah. You know what I mean? You're, I've only, never done that. Only after right. a few cognacs. I've only done that. <laughs> I've never, I've never gone. I've never, let's just say, I've never gone two knuckles up. <laughs> no. Never. No. Doctor, am I doing this right? Yo, <laughs> not, on a, not on a weekday. Zoom yeah. in. Zoom in. Zoom you're, on the cameras. So. You're basically a cam girl at this yeah. point. <laughs> like, you're, Lord. you have, like, an OnlyFans page. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The McCur- I, I always shit. tell everybody the nightmare that I had. This, this is, is true. This is a true nightmare. I swear I'm not making right. this up. That I got the prostate. I didn't. I never got one. But everybody's saying you got to get that done. I said oh, I don't get that. I, this is a true nightmare. And I, I say it on stage. And this is true though. I was having it done, and the guy was right behind me doing the prostate exam. And the doctor started talking to me, and he said, "Listen, 
don't be embarrassed. A lot of men get excited when this is being done. What? And I said, well, I'm not excited. He said, well, I am. <laughs> That's a little bit That's of That's a true humor. dream. Yeah. That's a true dream. <laughs> and I use it in my act. Oh, it was a dream. Okay. I, yeah. Oh, it's a, it was an actual like dream. A like a wish? or no? Luckily, it wasn't like Freddy Krueger. <laughs> that you know is the saying? first. Uh, John, and you think you would have heard everything. You know, 35, 40 years in comedy as you and I. Right, right, exactly. But you go, that's the first time I've ever heard a comic say, I got a one-liner out of a fucking dream. Out of a dream. I've never, I've never I heard that before. I got it out of a dream. Well, there and the reason a, I got it out, because the doctor what? said the day before, I have to do that. And I said, I'm not doing it. I'm scared to get some guy behind me sticking it. That's what it was all about. And I had that dream. Though there's and, a and it works. It kills. There's a Seinfeld <laughs> episode where he wakes up in the middle of the night and he writes it down on the napkin. And then, but then he wakes up. He actually wakes up and he can't remember what it's about. Oh yeah, and the whole episode's about him trying to retrace his steps, trying oh, to figure sure. out sure. what the fuck he wrote You're down. Say I, this is—I have vivid dreams all the time. I'm not really sure why. Um, and I recently had a dream where I was auditioning uh, to, as someone with cerebral palsy. Very strange dream. I don't know why. Um, and you mean you uh, don't have that? I don't. I don't. I don't. And you fake it well. Yeah, I fake it very, very well. Method actor. Method actor. Hand shaking there. And I, so I, I talk in my sleep and I move around in my sleep. And my girlfriend was like, Chris, what's going on? And I was, well, I have an aunt who has cerebral palsy. That could be why. But well, I, I am. She's not in the bed at the same time. <laughs> no, no, okay, no, just no. Oh, man. no. We don't do that anymore. Um, so, so we moved on. We moved on. We remarried. I live in California. You so had that know. experience. Yeah, San Francisco was a short time. Exactly. Short time. So um, <laughs> Sorry yes. about that. No, no worries. No worries. And uh, <laughs> I'm sort of acting this out in the bed, and she wakes me up. What's going on? I tell her the dream. And uh, she's like, did you get the part? I'm like, I don't know. You woke me up. So, <laughs> so, yeah. Damn. Yeah, yeah. Even in the dream. Even in the dream. Damn I, even in the dream, I don't get the part. Yeah. My wife, I'm the same way. Yeah. Pam tells me that she goes, you, she goes, literally, you will chatter. She goes, you, lots of times, I know you're, you're in another fucking world. Yeah. Yes. She goes, you're chattering. But I can't really make out. What, clicking your teeth yeah. together. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, talking. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm talking, but right. it's not like she goes. You might catch a word every now and then, but mm. it's like kind of like you're doing. I'm now, like going. There's shit going on. <laughs> sure. And I go. I, I truly believe. I mean, when I go, to, I dream. I've all. I dream like crazy. And Me I, too. It's yeah. like a, I, I think I, there is an alternate. You know, universe. universe. Yeah. Somebody just told me that there. Some waitress said, "You know, there's an alternate universe." I said, "Oh, really? Okay, nice talking to you." But you know, they they think that right now. Sure. That sure. there's an alternate. There's all, Can you imagine? They did this like a like bunch where of we shit. were there at yeah. that other universe. Like, I had a, a a girl. That's what I think. Ghosts are. along that lines. It's kind of along that same lines. Alternate universe, whatever. You know. But when I was uh, when when I was uh, in my right, right out of college. Uh, I lived in Denver for a while, Denver and Boulder. And that's where I got into comedy, was at the Comedy Works in Denver. And this is like 1980, 81, or early when com- clubs were just starting up. And, um, and I was working uh, at, a, uh, at a, a facility, uh, it's like a treatment facility for, for, for kids, you know, but it was big, it was a residential thing. And one of the, one of the, when I, the first day I walked onto the campus, there was this really pretty blonde uh, counselor that was there. And, uh, you know, I, I met her briefly just 
walking through with a ton of people outside. She was with all of her kids and this, that, and the other. And so we, uh, uh, I, I was over in my cottage, you know, and, and I was going to be getting off. She knew I was going to be getting off. at the same, We all got off at the same time, right about 10 o'clock. She called over to my college, cottage. She goes, hey, this Linda um, met you earlier. And I go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She goes, hey, I know you're new and everything. Would you like to go catch a beer, you know, after, after we get off work? And I said, you know, Linda, I'd love to, but I'm going to tell you right now, I don't have a, a dime. I mean, I, mean I, I literally have spent all of my money moving here, getting it. I just got in my apartment. She goes, don't worry about that. I'll buy you a beer. Let's go have a beer. So we did. Very nice, very nice lady. And, 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 and fun and attractive and da-da-da. And so we started dating. Not serious, but, you know, started going out, you know, some. Yeah. And so about uh, maybe three or four months into this, she run, also my buddy Ken Sons worked at this place, too. That's how I got the job there. And Ken goes, hey, I ran into Linda today. She said... Y'all are going out Friday, but she's taking you out. And I said, yeah, she told me she wanted to foot the bill for everything. She going to take me out. Is uh, He goes, well, she told me it was a very special evening. Very special. And I was like, okay, what? You, you know, you're like, oh, fuck. How to this is when it's, you go, this is when this motherfucker is going to end. You know, you're pretty <laughs> sure. Something. But ended up alternate universe. So we're sitting there at dinner, and we finish, and she goes, okay. She goes, she goes, that's Jim McHugh who we're going to call here. You just answered it. Okay. So, uh, so you want to go ahead and call Jim? Uh, we can finish out the story. Okay. All right. So anyway, she's, she's, uh, she goes, uh, Les, here's the deal. And she goes, I've been wanting to tell you this, but I wanted us to get to know each other. You know what I mean? For a while. She goes, we already know each other. She goes, we've known each other for a long time. She goes, when you walked across the campus that night, she goes, she goes, I, I, you were an old friend of mine. And she mm. goes, we've, we've been together in two other lifetimes. Whoa. And, okay. And she goes, <laughs> the one where we were the happiest and most together, she explained, she goes, and I want to say it was like the 1600s. It was in Scotland, and I'm Scottish. Uh, she said she was married to someone of high stature and wealth. Uh, <laughs> you were right. a stable boy? I you was. Exactly. Exactly. One of those exactly. slutty stable boys. I, I was the guy. <laughs> uh, that she w- that sh- I was her lover. I've oh, seen this porno I mean. before, Leslie. Blah, blah, blah. Exactly right. And she goes. I have to give up the sheep. So <laughs> she goes. So she goes. And, and, and so, she, so we've known each other before. And she goes. If you want, she goes, I do through hypnosis and that time, uh, life regressions. She goes, would you like to go back and experience that no. time with me? <laughs> Sounds like she's going to implant memories that, in your no. brain. <laughs> and what I told her was, is I said, I, I, Check, I, I am telling you, <laughs> Check, no, I, I still saw Linda after that. I mean, she was a wonderful woman. You know, I said, look, I don't disbelieve anything that you're saying. The, the world is a complicated place. Who the hell knows? I don't know that reincarnation and all those things aren't, aren't Bible. But I said, I'm going to tell you this. 
I got enough to deal with in this world. Yeah. I like, in fuck this with somebody lifetime. else's world. I don't need to be dragging <laughs> another fucking lifetime into no. this shit. You know, and have to think about gonna that happen. too, you know. And she was like, okay, fair enough. I got it. Fair you. enough. Let's yeah. just have let's, fun here. Let's just stay here and give up the is. horses and the sheep. Now, and- if you want to role play that, <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. We can do that next Tuesday. If yeah. that's I'm from the 1800s, honey. All right, go ahead and call. We're going to call Jim McHugh. There we go. Calling in. She used to come in. Call from. Hey, it's Jim Q. Hey, what's up? To accept, press mm. one. Mm. To send this a voicemail, not, press two. No, still not going to. To accept, press one. To send a voicemail, press two. No. We're accepting it. Yeah, yeah. we're accepting it. He has a number we have to accept. Wow. Who the fuck is he? The fuck <laughs> is he said he was Jim a big McHugh. deal in Boston. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know how big. You there, Jim? Is. I've been accepted. Yeah, he's been accepted. It, 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 your number like said we we called like you, I'm and the number said we had to accept. Did we accept? We we had to be accepted into your like a into, bill collector. Yeah, like into your into your little realm of, of <laughs> I don't know what you got Over going vampires. on up there. Yeah. Oh, I thought I was being accepted. I was like Harvard. Is that you? <laughs> oh well, <laughs> Harvard. <laughs> You've been to Harvard, haven't you? And had lunch. Yeah, I got, yeah, I had, I got, I got the hoodie, man. I know you do. I got one of them hoodies too. I got a hoodie and a t-shirt. Yes, I do. Now he's coming in a little bit. I could bit spend low. eighty we... grand a year, or I could spend twenty-five dollars for the hoodie. Guess which I picked. Uh, uh, exactly, exactly. Where do you get a hoodie for five dollars? Where's that? Well, you know, you're, you're twenty-five, li- twenty-five, twenty-five. Oh, twenty-five. Well, I, the the, the yeah. last festival you did, what the last two years, right? You did it over. Yeah. Is it J- Douglas Square or Jefferson Square? Davis Square. Is it Davis Square? And I wasn't even close. Yep. D- <laughs> it's named after Jefferson Davis, the head of the Confederacy. <laughs> yes, a lot of people don't know he had a little a little enclave I right next to Cambridge. I had no idea it was so popular in Boston. Yes. You know. That's it. That's right. Which which is cool because it's right in the middle of Cambridge, Harvard. And Tufts, right? Universities. And, That's right. Uh, I couldn't believe how stupid those audiences were. <laughs> I'm nice. I'm bullshitting. They were great. They were great. They were smart. They were. They, smart. they were wonderful. You know, the thing I was the thing that uh, that I, and I talked. I remember talking to you about this, Jim. Was was that I was curious when when I came up and you were doing it in that area. So I knew there was going to be a lot of students from. And you know this. The, Everybody, people that are kind of in that groove. I mean, that's that's left wing, you know, uh, uh, liberal as you as you would get right in that area. And you know, there's always oh, yeah. been that political correctness thing. And uh, we didn't Crazy. see that at all in the in the response from the audiences. Uh, they were very open minded and cool. To you know, I mean, there wasn't any weirdness with them on on any of the bits or anything. I don't think so. I think it's uh, there's been such a, a comedy scene here for so long of really politically incorrect people. Like, they just want funny. It's like I think Correct. there's a, enough working class union guys and stuff that are sports fans, and they look at it more like a sport than as a, you know, you got to be delivering your, your jokes every 15 seconds. Or they just want to laugh. That's they'll it. turn on you. Right. <laughs> right, right. They, they, they don't want you wasting their time. Yeah, you don't want pause or, you know, like... <laughs> Give them a chance to think where they really are. Right. Well, you know, uh, and I think I said that one girl, one, one young girl, 
you know, a, a com- comedian, female comedian. She was probably in her mid to late 20s or whatever. She got up there and did a joke that I thought if th- this was the joke that if the audience up there was going to turn on somebody and it was the joke yeah. was basically she said, um, you know, she goes, I don't know. I don't know if I really feel good about President Trump. And let me tell you why. Because he paid $142,000 to keep a hooker quiet, you know, before his, the election, you know. To, so she goes, the Kennedys would have had him killed for 50. <laughs> and and uh. she goes, he's just not physically responsible. Uh. And I thought, and it, I mean, that is, you're in the middle of Kennedy country, you know. And I, well, it was yeah, a well-delivered joke and a well-written joke, and by God, that audience laughed. And they busted up. Yes, they did. Yeah, yeah. They appreciate the it. They're actually appreciate. less likely to be, you get that clapter thing. Like, if you do it in L.A. and you state something, and they go, oh, I'm supporting you because of your your your, your backstory. Right. Like, Boston, they don't do a backstory. You better have a, something funny to say. Backstory is nice, but you better be getting to some funny. Right. Yeah, California you know. audiences are very laid back. I started at the Comedy Store in 1979, and that's the way it was. You could just roll out anything you wanted, you know. And once they followed you, you could do whatever you wanted. You know, it was kind of nice. One of the most aggravating things for the East Coast comedians, for me anyway, being an old dinosaur, is you're trying to do a setup, and you say, you know, my wife just left me. And they go, oh, and you're like, that's not a joke. <laughs> <laughs> you're ruining my timing. They start crying. <laughs> they start crying we're, we're about gonna, it. Yeah, we're oh, come say at our house. We're getting to a punchline. What's wrong with you people? <laughs> I, don't, I don't need an audience with empathy for God's sake. You sakes. can stay at our house. No. Come on. No, there's no they got a theater down the street you can get your, your tearjerker on. This exactly. is a comedy club. Yeah, there's there's not a lot of empathy in a Boston uh, audience. I, I would. Oh, no. <laughs> is Jimmy Tingle still around up there? Jimmy Tingle. Oh, yeah, he's up here. Yeah, he actually ran for lieutenant governor of Massachusetts. He graduated uh, actually Harvard with a political science degree. Oh, wow. Wow. And and made a run for I don't know why he just didn't run for governor but he ran for lieutenant governor, I think he was hoping to be kind of unopposed. Right. And he, he made he, a splash. You know, people talked about him, and uh, you know. Because he always ran for president he, as a comedian, as a comic. Thing. Can right. I ask you for one years. thing, Jim? Right. Jim, can I? I'm John Carfee, by the way. Did 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 he wear hey, glasses? Did he wear what? Did he wear glasses? Tingle doesn't wear glasses. No, no, no. Okay, well, I'm just wondering. We had a thing about wearing glasses. If you're smart, you can. You know, people think if you're a smart guy, you wear glasses, but that's not true. No, no. And a perfect earlier, example no. of that. That was earlier. We also, Carfee just said. That means you weren't smart enough to stop masturbating. That's what that <laughs> means. <you> <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Is that why I wear glasses? You, were, you weren't smart. You weren't smart enough to get a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, it, it actually went to, back to a reference on the Khmer Rouge, right? <laughs> we, we, were, we were on genocide at one point in well, time. Well, it's funny. Um, I know we, you guys were talking about performing for Boston audiences. I had to perform at one of the universities there. And I, my experience is, like, they're, they have so much empathy that they're almost like they don't want to laugh. They, I uh, was telling this uh, joke about my mother, uh, who is Cambodian. Uh, I'm half Cambodian. Uh, and uh, I was saying how... Um, she uh, used to be homeless, and so like I gave her some money to like help her out, and she lived in a tent. 
and then um, she was schizophrenic. This is hilarious. By I know way. this is. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she just. I'm waiting for you to pause so I can force laugh at this. <laughs> 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 she, she was she was, she was uh, make believe homeless. Laugh. She had a drug problem, and the punchline is, and she killed herself. Oh, <laughs> and oh <she's>... okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, <laughs> so go ahead, let it go. Let it yeah, go. I mean, she just used the money to buy a second tent. There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Renovations. Uh, yeah. You're a good laugh. Go. But but they were like really like they felt like sorry for you when you're talking. Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah well, yeah, that, yeah. that's yeah. college is a. You know they're just horrible people. You know, it's the same thing. We know they, it's the same thing. Saying... You know, you, we can't. We get the clubs is one thing. The universities, they all used to do shows around town. They none of them do anymore, and many of the acts won't work there. Well, that was the so. thing was that that we that when we were up there and we had all these college students in the in the crowds for the competitions, and they were great. They were great, and we were talking. Right. Some, some, I remember we were talking about with the comics about the political correctness and you know different, and they go. College students are a different audience on campus than they are off campus. When they're on right. campus, you're on their territory, and they feel more empowered, uh, at least not all of them, but there's a group of them that will feel more empowered to be more engaging, more, more yeah. to, to take an attitude, and to express that attitude. Whereas off campus, just out in a comedy club, they wouldn't do that you know as much i also i also think it's peer pressure they're surrounded by their classmates and i i, I actually noticed this more in greenwich i saw me and me and les hung out in greenwich village one time yes and i worked down there like well when we had a comedy scene right. i worked down, down the there like every zone. eight weeks we were down at comedy zone. okay so right and uh and what i find you'll see them physically look to the left and look to their right to see if their friends are okay with them laughing at it. Right. So, and by then, it's not funny anymore. Right. <laughs> well, they're, they're at that age where they have to impress the person they're with. Yes, know, they have to have, well, both not only true. virtue signal, but get the approval of their peers right. before they laugh. Because you could have someone judge them for laughing. At well, they're ha they, they have, have no confidence that, in having that sex either any other way. Yeah. You know, if you know you're getting laid no matter what, you can, you can respond right. the way you want to respond. <laughs> You know, but otherwise you're it's a lot all, of confidence. It's like a herd of cattle protecting that. Yeah, you go. I don't want to fuck, fuck up getting fucked. You know, it's like a bunch yeah. of horny cows. You know, That's kind right. of same kind of thing. Me, me, Les and I went to college back in the in the, it was like the dark ages. We were just like coffee did too. When the coffee went to college in the fifties, we don't even know what the fuck happened. You know, no, we were we were in college in the seventies, right? Yeah, both of us. We were we weren't. I was alive when they didn't have college. Offended. We weren't. A, we didn't have a, a state of consciousness great enough to be offended. No. You know. No, 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 no. We're just like marauding, Viking. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> you know, we were just starting. We didn't even realize we were being politically incorrect when we were being politically incorrect in the seventies. Right. <laughs> we thought like Animal House, the movie Animal House was like a documentary. Oh God, like, yeah. Oh, this oh is absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Worse shit than that happened. And I know right. Right. I saw a thing with Norman Lear, an interview with him, and he was talking about. I think it was when they is part of you know this you know how they've been redoing All in the Family and the Jeffersons and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and right. he was saying he was going. I could never, I could never, get, I couldn't even pitch those shows today. I, I, they would never oh. get off the ground. They're too, 
the audiences are too sensitive. You you couldn't. I couldn't get away with what Archie Bunker got away and back with, then. You and could what do George it. Jefferson got it's away amazing, with. Yeah. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do yeah. it. Yeah, that's amazing. Not e- even though like even though Carol O'Connor was a guy was the was the foil of the joke. They yes. were making their point by making him this buffoon. Exactly. You know, he was the low life, uh, stupid guy. Yeah. Although I think yeah. there's a certain percentage of people that watch that show that went. He's right on. Yeah, he's right on. He's right on a damn <laughs> He is right on a damn You know there is. He you know, there was sense. A, there oh, was no, a good yeah, group of people who was going, man, oh, finally somebody's yeah. speaking to me. I can't, believe he kissed, <laughs> I can't believe he kissed that black guy. <laughs> yeah, but isn't the argument well, that the – There's any – any statistically, if you take, you know, whatever it is, 300 million people, you know – there's still people that are saying paint chips are good with the onion dip. You know oh. what I mean? Well, you know, we were talking about this the other day with they this are? with this coronavirus thing, and we we yeah. we we've got in our backyard. Have you been to my house, Jim? I have. Okay, yeah. In the backyard back there, you know, we got that patio with the fire pit back there, so we can we can put like two other couples. We can have six of us back there, and. If everybody's like really being careful, and we've got a couple of friends that are like they they have uh, 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 medical issues to where they can if they get this virus it could kill them. Done deal. And yeah. so, right. but you go look, you can come to the house. You don't come in the house. You just come through the side gate. Bring your own cooler, your own food, everything yourself. We'll build a little fire. We'll all sit back, and at least we can get together and talk and mm-hmm. and da 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 and and do that sort of thing. And we were with one of our friends last night. It was her birthday. And she was, she's one of those people. And she was just like, why? She goes, I don't understand why people don't get it, that this is serious. You know what I mean? Why that, that you wouldn't at least throw the face mask on, mm-hmm. re, you know, respect the social distancing and stuff. I said, Jamie. You're talking about people that eat fast food three meals a day, follow it up with a couple of cigarettes, drink a 12-pack of beer, just grooving, just grooving, never exercised right. a day in their life. Do you think they give a flying Shit fuck about you? <laughs> Barely have a high school education. Yeah. I mean, you, you got a ton of that out there. Oh, you know? yeah. And they're not right. bad people. But They're they just, just stupid don't people, give a fuck. ignorant people. They yeah. just they have their lifestyle, and they go, "Hey, man, that's the way I want to do it." Well, that's and why I don't care are, if I die when I'm fifty people years are old. I don't give off. a shit. People are pissed off at people wearing masks now. I mean, they go and cause trouble and beat up people and. All kinds of stuff. Well, it's it so is. It's so crazy. It's like, oh, you wearing a mask, you pussy. You, you pussy. know what I mean? It's yeah. like, you afraid of the coronavirus? Come on. It's, like, it's only a little really, thing about really this big. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. can, but, can I just say from a common sense standpoint, it's not a good idea to attack someone wearing a mask. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> exactly. I always go into the premise, if somebody's got a firearm or something, and you don't know who does, yeah, and they're exactly. already masked up. <laughs> exactly. They're, they're, it, dressed, they're dressed for murder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Conveniently yeah. dressed for murder. Yeah, yeah. I've, <laughs> right, I've, right. I've met enough, I've met enough crazy, crazy son of a bitches in my life over the years, and I, I'll bet everybody here has. Oh, yeah. Oh, crazy, yeah. crazy. Right. That just looking at them, just judging a book by the cover, you wouldn't be scared of that person. They're not right. 
They're not a. Yeah. They're not like. They don't look like. They're not a threatening looking. They're not thing. threatening no, looking. No. Not at all. Yeah. But then you follow but them on Facebook. Once you know them, you go, "Oh my God!" And you go, and, and when you find you find out how crazy and the crazy shit they've done. Whenever they're in their yard shoveling dirt. There was a guy. There was a guy. Wonder. There was a guy walked in. Walked up to me after a comedy show one night, and uh, here in town, and little country guy. He's about my size, so about five six, five seven. You know, country as hell, you know, more than me. You know, he's, he's, got, he's got the flannel shirt, the hat pulled down, the jeans, the big belt, you know. Hey, talking like this, you know. And he's like, hey, man, I love you. I've been coming here a lot. He goes, look, he goes, I'm a, I'm a foreman of the, some big ranch, you know. And he just said, well, we were at the bar, and my bartender knew him. And he, oh, his name was Peanut. I'm Peanut. Mm. <laughs> and oh, my bartender God. goes, Les, he's legit. He goes, that guy's the foreman of one of the biggest ranches in this area, like for real. And he goes, listen, man, we're going to go hog hunting tonight. You want to go? And he meant it. Oh, yeah. And I go, and my, I, I've never hunted boar, but my my right. grandfather, my dad, my uncles were big hunters, and they did. You know, I said, oh, they all hunted. I've just never really hunted boar. And I was talking about hunting with a fucking rifle, okay? Yeah. Oh, no, no. Right, right. Oh, no, no. That's Grenade right. launcher? Oh, okay. No. Dogs and a knife. No. Yes. They jump on the pig and stab yes. the pig. Yes. Crazy. Oh, yes. No, sir. They, no, they, sir. And I was a buddy of mine here in town I play golf with. He He's done it. And they literally have uh, uh, these dogs that are like, you know, like Doberman. Uh, Big dogs. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Rottweiler type dogs. dogs right. And they, they, there'll be, a, you know, a bunch of them, a pack of them. They'll, they'll chase the pig down and they can pin the, when they catch him, they can pin that hog down but only for a short time yeah and when you got to get there in. quick and when you get there you got to jump on that pig's back and slit its throat a thousand pound animal that could tear you Dude. limb from limb and if you don't do it quick enough he's going to start killing those dogs the dogs are going to start getting tired and he's going to start killing the dogs and 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 i was going and he was telling me about this and i was like is this for real <laughs> just for real oh, you know and he's like yeah and then i find out I watched these documentary about these crackers down here in Florida that, <laughs> that, that go alligator hunting. Once again, oh, alligators yeah. will bore a hole into the, a den into the side of a, 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 a bank, right? These guys go into the hole and grab the gator <laughs> by the fucking snout and drag the son of a bitch out of there. Oh, man. And... They, I mean, look, and you, and when each one of these people, when I uh, that heard these stories, and you looked at them, you go, "Would you be afraid of that person?" You know what I mean? To if, if something came up, and you had is like you had you got an altercation, is like you had to fight that person. You know, for some reason, yeah. you go, "Okay, I probably wouldn't run from that person." You should. You, would think you like should have normal. run. You should have run. So what I'm trying to say is, never fight a fucking stranger. Run. No. Would, would run, that guy would run, that guy wear a mask run. and be afraid of the virus? Yes. I don't think run. so. Run. <laughs> Unless you're the guy who also pulls gators out by their snout. Right. I always wanted to do that. Fucking but run. I don't know. I'll have to think about it. Yeah. I'm going to wait yeah, till you I'm got 70. Two choices, fight or flight. And flight should be the first box, not the Yes. Second. Flight should <laughs> always be the first box. Oh, yes. Lord. Yes. Absolutely. Live, I, live to fight another day. You got that. I'm scared right. to pull a dead or goldfish or run out another of the day. thing there out of my little bowl. I'm afraid of that. Uh, I'm not going to do an alligator. Yeah, no, Ain't no. Ain't going to no. happen. Absolutely. Well, what's going on up there, Jim? You doing any shows yet? 
Not yet. Although a couple of one of the clubs that uh, we we work with just sent me a letter. He wants to get something going. So, but they don't know what when. It's not really up to them. It's up to the mayors that run. Right. You know, there's separate. Uh, the one that's talking to me now is Boston, but there's you know there's one in Somerville as we talked about Davis Square. Right. Right. Starting right. To say like maybe we need to do something, but. They can say all they want if the if the mayor says no. Well, what's happening down here is is that a few comedy clubs have opened that have big menus. I mean, yeah. they literally serve them. I just did one. I just yeah. did. Uh, so they're they're club. opening under the restaurant. They're opening as a restaurant because restaurants can open. Right. So they're opening right. as a restaurant serving dinner with a comedy show going. But you know what they did though? They put a big stage in the parking lot, and I did this for like four shows. And they let cars pull up. They charged them each up. And I'm not kidding around. The cars pulled up it's like ridiculous. a drive-in movie. It's ridiculous. Back up their yeah. pickup trucks, got yeah. in the back of the trucks, got out of their cars and sat in little chairs. And I did a show for all these people. It was, you know, it was kind of difficult. All it was was playing the audience. They had a club here doing the same thing. They put a screen out in the <clears> parking lot. Weird. Uh, they put movies up in there, you know, and they just had a comedy show. Uh, you know, but uh, it's like uh, means that are doing these. You better adjust your laugh meter because right. there's a reason we don't do this stuff outside. It's not yeah. for right. the it's not for the squeamish comedian. Put it's it that like, way. It's like I was no. telling John. You know, it's like okay, I, I see. If you're a comedy club venue and you're financially running on a razor's edge, and you're sitting there one month close, going, if we don't get some money coming in, we're dead. I mean, we, we got to get a little, something. Gotta Something's got to start coming in. Now, you know, hey, man, you're, you're fighting for your life and you're doing what you can. But the last, in my opinion, I, I already decided I'm not, I'm not, I am not doing a show in this 6,500-square-foot showroom for less than 100 people. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to do a show. How many people do you hold in here? What's that? Well, we're, we're a 250 occupancy. 250, so you could you know, put – so the thing, well, I, and I and I would, I would, I would go to that capacity. But I'm saying I wouldn't do it for less than right, 100. Right. My opinion, my point is, I'm not going to compromise the quality of the show more than I'm already having to by separating the audience, which already compromises the show. It makes yeah. all of our jobs so much harder. Totally agree. And what I don't want is I don't want, and we were talking about this before. The last thing we want as a comedy club is to open up and, and say you open, you know, you're, you're in 6,500 square feet where you normally can put 250-ish people. You're putting 100 to 125. That's still not, I mean, that's still a lot of people. There's, let's put it this way. I guarantee you there's nowhere else because there, there's, no, there's no theaters or concerts open right now that are running plays or big music, nothing. So comedy clubs might be the first thing to open where you actually are going and in a pretty large group of people indoors, okay? We're like the first. So, you you know, in doing that, people are going, well, I'm risking for this entertainment. I'm risking in a way that I have not risked since the virus started. Better be good. It better, the reward better be worth the risk. Yeah. And because the last thing we want is for people walking out that door going, hey, man, I've been coming to McCurdy's for years. I love it. 
I love supporting them, but you know what? It just wasn't the same. It wasn't as good. It wasn't as good. And you know what? I think that I'll just wait until things are kind of back to normal, which could be a year and a half. It could be two years. You know, so I think that people doing these goofy things like that, I think it hurts more than it helps. You think? Yeah. yeah. I, I think. Personally. Well, yeah, you know, you know what I've always said is like people go to a comedy show and if they don't have a good time, they say, I went to a comedy show and it sucked. They don't do that with music. They say that band sucked. But if people do a put, if you have a producer that produces really amateurish or bad comedy, people that don't go all the time go, hey, man, I went to a comedy show and I didn't like it. You know, I just think they're maybe that's just my take. I on didn't it, but like that's the way I comedy. Feel. No, you're right. You you're know, it wasn't like right. I didn't like the comedian. Yeah, I didn't like right. Com- and, and you know what, Jim? I would just say this: that comes to the sophistication level of the patron. People who have been coming right. to comedy shows a lot, they do know. Oh, sometimes I go to McCurdy's. I, it's always a good show. Yeah, but sometimes I see right. a comic there that's not my cup of tea. You know. But right. and, and that's just going to happen. You know, it, it could even be the headliner. Just not my cup of tea. But I know that that's not all of comedy, you know. Right, but, right, right. Some right. people have different tastes, that's and right. that's it. Yeah. But I, I think that for in, in this size, in, in the size of a normal A comedy club, which is usually a 250 to 400 seat room in this country, that's your A comedy room, you know, that, that has a budget to bring in top-level headliners and touring acts. You know, in, in, in that situation, less than 100 people, if, there, if there's 100 in here, 100 to 140, you know, right yeah. in there, we all know that we can pull off we gotta work. a good we show. Yeah. We, can, we can address right. it. We can adapt to it. We can get the car, car audience comfortable with the fact that we all know this is different. You know what I mean? Right. And you have to do that. You can't act like this ain't happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they right. know. And, yeah. they, of course, everybody knows it's different. And I think a big part of that, to me, is my job as a host is to go out and do that in that first 20 minutes. Yeah. Address all of right. that. Set the table. Set the table. Yeah, it's different. It's different. And then make some jokes out of that, the differences in what you're experiencing tonight. So then the next acts that come up don't really need to do that. Yeah, you they know, don't have they to spend can. too much time on it. It's right. They zip can through it, and exactly. Hopefully, you have the, you have enough funny stuff to go beyond. Because that. Because <laughs> I think <laughs> people want the comedy. I think they're dying for it. I think you know the comedy fans. I think they really want it. But but I, w- I personally, I just want to make sure that when they come in here, they really leave here going, "I'm looking yeah, forward oh, to coming sure. back." Yeah. And, they, and when they yeah. talk to their friends, they go, "Hey, you." Went to, oh, you went to comedy club. How was it? And they go, man, it was fun. I needed that. Best time. It was. It was because great. that that person's going to tell ten people. Yes. And guess what? <laughs> you know, Absolutely. You're going to get ten more people. Absolutely. You know. So you know. But Les, let me ask you this: What yeah. do you think about charging a little bit more? We are. If you can only put. We are when we open. We're we're going to go. Right. So we, if it's a twenty dollars ticket, now you say, well, we need twenty five because we only have a hundred yes. tickets to sell. Jim, patrons have been coming to me when I see out, out and about. They're expe- they go, oh, you're going to charge more, aren't you? You know, they, they, they're yeah. expecting Good. it. You know, they, it's almost like they feel like, do charge us more. We want to support yeah. what you're doing. Now, right. what we're going to do is, I think we're like 15 on the weekdays and 17 on the weekends. 
We're just going to go to 20 right. bucks 20. across the boards. That's just $20. We're not, so sure. we're not going up a lot. And what we're also going to do is, is all our tables are four tops, right, for the most part. Right. Everything's going to be a four top. Well, when tickets go on sale, uh, and I've talked to several comedy club owners that are also going to do this. When tickets initially go on sale for, let's say, two weeks from now, all right, they go on sale. John Carfee's going to be headlining two weeks from now, and, and, and tickets are on sale. You can only purchase a table. You cannot yeah. purchase two okay. seats at a table. You can only purchase a table uh. because you you want to encourage them to fill the fucking table up. I don't want to end up with all my tables being two tops. Then I've only got right. seventy people in the room. Right. You see right. what I'm saying? Yeah. And you know that's a so, great way to do it. That's a great so, way. So so what we're talking about is in the beginning. Go, look, man, buy the table. Well, you know, so it's two people. So they're just going to go, fucking cool. I can get two yeah, more okay. people to go. You know, or they'll call their friends. And then when we get 48 hours before the show, we'll look and see if there's tables left. And then we might allow them to be bought as a two. You know, if we, if we haven't, filled, if we haven't right. sold everything. Right. But when you're, you know, you're selling, you know, just half the room. So I that think seems like I, a good way to go. About yeah, it. I think that's how we're going to start, you know, and and, and we're so gonna Les, tell you're people, going to you're, you're going to your showroom and you're pulling out 50 percent of your tables and chairs. Yes. And, and spacing them out. That's the plan. No, we're actually going to we, we were going to do that, but we actually it worked out better to leave the tables in here sitting in the showroom right now. We can all look around and you can see every table that has a white piece of paper on it will not be seated. Yeah. And we'll okay. take black duct tape and we will wrap the the chairs with it yeah. so that people don't spread out to that table so they don't put their shit over on that table. So it does you you not only have space between you and the next table, you have a table and a four chairs. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you have a little looks yeah. better that way. I think I think it adds to the and we're going with arms length to arms length, which does put about six right. feet between tables, but not between people. So if you stretch your arm right. out from wherever you're sitting and the person at the table closest to you stretches their arm out in any direction, you shouldn't touch unless it's you, right. McHugh. Yeah. <laughs> I got Jim six, 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 six. wingspan. We can't, we can't, we can't, oh, we're, we're applying this to people my size. Oh. Five, six. I'm in the supermarket the other day with my wife and the guy goes up, Hey, you're that comedian. I'm wearing a mask. <laughs> I, I, I go, man, I can't have a life of crime. There's no, no way. No, no, my no. Height, you know, they just, everybody in town knows me. Of course, <laughs> like, of course. There ain't a bunch hey, of 6'6 six, six hey, comics. When are you going to work again? I'm like, I'm, I got a mask on. <laughs> right. right. I got to put a trench coat on with that mask. It's either you or Gary Valentine. I don't know who the heck. It's one of you guys. For God's sake. Yeah, but you know, it's, if even with a trench coat, it's either me or two guys standing on their shoulders, you know, <laughs> under the trench coat, you know. So. Or you can wear that T-shirt says, I'm not a comedian. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, Jim. Well, I was glad to be recognized, man. Hey, I got Jim, thanks a lot. Uh, we're we're, uh, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get you out. we got another guy we're calling. But listen, uh, we're going to do this again. I can't wait to have you back down here um, okay. when, whenever this stuff starts to calm down. And hopefully... Uh, hopefully by November you'll be able to have your comedy festival up there again, and and uh, maybe I can right. get up there for it if it's not too nuts. And, right. uh, Jim, it was nice meeting you, buddy. 
Yeah. Nice meeting you nice too. Meeting Unless you. I want to call you and get you on my podcast yes. too. Thank you. I, 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 okay. I'm looking forward to doing that. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll work that. I'll give you, I'll give you a shout after this and we'll either work it out later or tomorrow or something. I'm pretty free. Awesome. Thanks. Okay. Cool. Have a good night guys. Thanks buddy. Bye. Yep. Bye. Yeah, Jim's a good dude. Nice guy. You know, see that's something that that's a that would be a good festival at a point for you to do. Sure. You know what I mean? Youngins get the youngins. Well, you there. want you know when you go do that festival, you want to make sure that you're a rock solid middle, like you know, like where you feel like I got, I got thirty, I can do thirty minutes, kick ass minutes, and I can. And 80% of my material will work 80 to 90% of the time. I mean, that's where you want to be. You want Because it, you can go up there, and, it, you know, and that's what it is. If you're a middle in that situation and you, and you go up to one of those kind of comedy festivals and you do well, yeah. it can really, it can, it re- really can help your career a jump lot. Jumpstart your yeah. career. You know, it can jumpstart, at least getting you a lot more clubs and a lot right. more rock solid and everything. All right, you ready? That's yeah, good. sure. Yeah. We're going to call David that. Scott, uh, who also headlines for us. And David is uh, used to be the Midnight Swinger. He's not anymore. Yeah, Mr. Showtime. He's Mr. Showtime. He's Mr. Always got Showtime. A hand. He's like the Mickey Rourke. Hello? David Scott? Yeah. Well, it's Les McCurdy. <laughs> don't, don't, what, oh, you're, right. act, you're acting like it's a bill collector, for God's <laughs> sakes. It's There's a, a bill few more of us well, here, too. I'm not. I'm just making sure. I'm not sure who's calling me. So many numbers. So many text messages. I know you're so. a popular guy, man. You're Mr. Showtime. <laughs> hey, you guys That's introduce right. yourself to David. Yeah. How you doing? I'm John Carphy. Hello. Hi. I'm Chris Sanders. Nice to nice meet, meet you, Chris. And um, and Mike's sitting here. So uh, I was hey, man. the guy who was texting you. We haven't <laughs> we haven't talked in a while. Uh, everything. Uh, are you are you? Exp- uh, we just had Jim McHugh from Boston talking to us. Uh, and we were hearing, we've been hearing that there's a few clubs. John's actually worked a few clubs here in Florida that have opened up. Uh, they're opening as restaurants because you can't, you can't open as a nightclub right. bar. Got to have food. Man. Yeah, you got to have dinner. You got to have dinner. dinner. Right, right. Thirty dollars, right. twenty-five dollars right. dinner. But he was saying, you know, he's, it's been odd. You know, you're you're doing shows for thirty-five, forty people eating dinner in a room, and they're all supposed, spread out. Supposed to seat two fifty, you know. And what you did one where they just haven't they did it in the parking lot and they had people drive up in their the cars, cars like right a up. fucking drive-in movie. <laughs> I'm like, that was wasn't that one. wasn't that uh, wasn't that Vasani's in Port Charlotte? That's the one I did. Yeah, yeah. They, I actually that's a, they put stupid, a big, I, that's a stupid big idea. stage yes. out there, <laughs> and then they put cars like back cars in people in the back of their pickup trucks and people out in lawn chairs. Yeah. Very, and, you know, like I say, I tell everybody it's not for the the screamish comedian. You yeah, know? you got heckled right. by got, a PT Cruiser got, or something. Yeah, like that. Well, <laughs> and David's up in Kansas City. And, uh, uh, no, I'm in St. Louis. I mean, I'm in St. Louis. Louis. In St. Louis. You're in St. Louis. Now, is there any uh, any inkling of some clubs around you starting to open? Uh, uh, the Looney Bin in Tulsa, Oklahoma, called me yesterday to say that my week in June is still going on. Okay. That they are reopening. They're they're doing a test run um, next week, and I'm supposed to be there June 10. Something like that, June tenth, the second week of June. They said we're gonna, we're planning on being open. I have not. I've, I've tried to talk to the owner to find out what the um, the plan is because they are not a restaurant. Right. Um, they don't. They don't serve. They serve food, 
but it's finger foods, fried food, the whole, you well, know. that's the way we are. And, and I know when I yeah. talk to Pam about that, she goes, we are zoned. I mean, we're, we're under, under our licensing here and permitting. We are not a restaurant. You're not. No, we are a bar. We are a bar nightclub. Yeah, nightclub. We are a bar nightclub. We are not a restaurant. And we, we, we would have never gone in as a restaurant. I don't want to be a restaurant. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So, you know, uh, 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 that's, I mean, that's how people are getting around it down here. So it's really, I looked at it today, it's phase, phase two. Yep. And I think that's national, right? It, phase one, phase two, phase three, those are all national things from the CDC. And they're the guidelines. And then the, the governors make the decision. And we have to be in phase two for us to open. That, that legitimately and right. we can open at 50 percent right. capacity at phase two you know and that's the other thing david i you know i just wonder you know when because i know we're going to have to do this we're, as we're starting to book acts we're going hey man we're now a 125 to 140 seat room okay that's max the revenue's not the same it's not the same right got to make adjustments well, what we are going to make adjustments, and I'm working on that today. I, one of the things we talked about was the first two weeks we're open, whenever that is, only going to use acts in the area, like yourself, John, mm -hmm. and pay per show. Because we right. just have no idea. Are we going to do you four shows or are we going to do ten shows? Exactly. We don't know. We'll do as many shows as we can. We're actually going to adjust our show time on the weekdays. On the weekends, we're 6.30 and, and 9, you know, 8.50. Mm -hmm. well, we're going to do 6.30 shows on the weekdays, too, in case we have the demand to add a, another show. Then you have a full night. You know, because t we would have to do 12 shows to get even close to back to normal numbers, not wow. seven. Right. So we would have to tell – we've got to cut a deal with the acts where we're going, look, man, here's how much our budget is. And we don't know how many shows you're going to do. You know, we really, yeah. we're going to do as many as we can. And everybody wants to work, so you got to work with everybody. Well, I mean, you, together. I think you're what just going to offer it out to the comics and, and see who's okay with it, you know. Uh, you well, know I, I, think, I think a lot of the touring comics, I was talking to Michael Alfano in Chattanooga about this. I'm sorry. And uh, Michael, had, <laughs> Michael had a very interesting idea I like Michael. that um, he wants to um, almost do a residency where he brings a comic in for two or three weeks. Yeah. Um, I've tried because that. I've tried that, David. Only, be, only because of him. Yeah. Uh, because he can only, he's like you, he cannot have full room. Right. Um, Nobody so he, will be able to have a full room, guys. A chance. Nobody. He's giving, he's, he can't. I'm sorry? No one will be able to open with a full room. Nobody. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anywhere. So, but, but he wants to do is like, he wants to say, hey, you know, we can only open up at 50%. So the comic is going to be here for two weeks. Right. Hence that everybody who wants to see him right. can get a chance but to still, see him. But still, David, even at that, he, is he just going to pay you a flat fee for three weeks and go, I'm going to give you this well, much he, money I, I, for three I, I, weeks, again, yeah, we were talk, and yeah, you just do was, as many shows as we can fucking do? Right. Well, I, 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 I think each go. act is different. There's going to be some road comics, um, feature acts especially, who are just going to, not do the gigs because you know there's, and there's gonna be some road comics who are let's say you got a, a great act in denver 
who who works uh, McCurdy's, and he's got to fly out to uh, Sarasota. Well, the the price of the price to get out there hasn't changed. Um, oh yeah, and, and so flights are going to th- go there's, up. There's going to be a lot of comics. There's going to be a lot of comics that are just going to say, "Listen, I I can't do the gig. Oh, sure. I understand your situation, but you're offering five hundred dollars for fifteen shows. Sure." One I'm the, better off staying home. Exactly. So, one of the one of the things that I, I just in seeing an interview the other day with the airline, some of the airlines executives, and they go, the days of cheap travel are over. You know, they're cutting right. deals now, but he goes, it, the way we're going to have to readjust, airlines tickets are going to double and triple in price, and hotels, be nice like hotels, days. are going to are going to go up considerably too. You know, so yeah. the days of cheap travel may be at an end. Um, they now. were already they were already ending, so that's not an. I, I, yeah, the only what, thing that's going to be cheap is actually going on cruises for the next couple of years. Going on a cruise is going right. to be they'll pay very, you very to show up. It'd be like a it'd be, it'd be like a, an experiment. One, one place I ain't going to go <laughs> yeah. anymore is on a cruise. I'm not going on a cruise. Like, I'm well, you know, once again, you know what it, the, the deal is. Once there's a medication that mitigates the severity of the <laughs> disease or a vaccine, yeah. then we're, we're pretty much back to doing what we used to do. Mine's Xanax. But, but who knows when that's going to be, you know. But, you know, David, right. we were saying initially that we would, we would probably just book local for the first month, you know what I mean, because we, just to see what's going on. And we have plenty of good comics locally. Sure. And then – even after that, for several months, uh, I don't want to book anybody that has to fly. I pay for it. That's a big right. deal. I don't want to book anybody that has to fly. Hotel. If you got to fly, well, still, it, you know, you still run into the problem of if someone on that flight, for whatever reason, ends up with the virus and you're on that flight, you could end up getting quarantined you or lose whatever. Your act, you lose Absolutely. Your Plus, you know, I mean, so there's just a lot more. So. I, I'm like, well, you know, uh, the the good thing is, is that I think is that we have a wealth of good comedic talent in this country now. We've developed that over the past 25 years, and so each region, you figure, pretty much any club, stick it out any club, time. you go. There's enough comics that within a 10-hour drive of me. That you know, I can get, I can, I can do good shows for a while, just using those mm-hmm. comics. Mm-hmm. You know, I know we're in that situation, and then you know, I, I think, I, I, th- I think the the problem that you're going to run into is that there's going to be a lot of comics that are, let's say, ten hours away from you, that are just going to go. I just don't want to do it. I think a lot of comics are going to leave the business because even though a club like McCurdy's can draw from Miami and Tampa and Jacksonville and Atlanta, uh, the comics themselves don't have a lot of options. Uh, there, are, there aren't going to be You're the, actually, you David, know, do you hear what you're saying? You're actually saying, dates. but David, you're actually so. saying that comedians would go get a regular job. That's <laughs> what I'm you're saying. saying. Do you hear you're saying? I'm saying, that, <laughs> I'm saying that there are a lot of comedians that, you know, this is their livelihood. This is, uh, yes. I saw I've done, last for 27 years, this is all I've done. I, I haven't. I haven't had a. I haven't had a job. I haven't. I've made a very good living just doing comedy. Yeah. So when someone says you got to get a job, this is my job. This is what I do. What this are we This isn't a hobby. Do? This isn't. A, this isn't a part-time gig. I'm not working at 
Best Buy when I'm not yeah. on the road. This is a 24 right. 7 job for me. So, so I've been doing since um, 1979. And there aren't 30 venues no. within 10 hours right. of where I live to make it feasible. So there's going to be a lot of people that I, I, I see a lot of comics that are thinking this might be the end. And you know, I, I see, I we'll see, see, I see well, a next that, generation yeah, of exactly comics. Right. We'll I, see see. A, I, I see a post-COVID comedian wave coming. And it's like, when did you get into the business? Oh, after COVID. Yeah. So. Oh, well, maybe so. I mean, you know, the, the thing that I see budgeting-wise is that, you know, of course, obviously, you know, let's just say first couple of weeks we open, okay? What I'm going to do is I'm going to use acts that are in this area, and I'm going to pay them per show, you know? And, then, and everybody's like, cool, I'm just, you know, I'm with, in two hours, whatever. Let's see what happens. And, and within two or three weeks – we're going to see what our demand is. I mean, we're going to see how many people, we're going to see between the people that are scared to death to be in a crowd mm-hmm. and the unemployment that is now at $40 million as of today. So well, uh, we're going to see what the demand is for shows. When I was at here, when at I was at club. Off the Hook, uh-huh. Off the Hook Comedy Club, you familiar with that? Yeah, in Naples. Dave? Good club. Good club. Yeah. Yes. I yeah. was there, and they had probably, like, on a Friday night, two shows, 30 to 40 people per show. See, I wouldn't even do a show for that. I would have done one show for 80 people. But Ooh. then again, they serve 35 But they, they can't. They can't do 80 food, people one show because of social and distancing. And I know Laugh-In in Fort Myers, because they are technically a restaurant, they were able to put a show together, and they had, like, 45 people. And that's the max. That's all they that's could the have. Max, yeah. Well, so. it, it, uh, here's the thing: is it's tough. The ma- the, 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 that number's going to go up. The thing about it is, like, it, when phase two, when you go to phase two, I can put in a, in a showroom like ours, we can do fifty percent. That means I can put about 125 people in here. Okay, and. I, I, and I feel like 100, we talked about this earlier with Jim, by the way, David. I feel like 100's my minimum to do a decent performance. I don't want to have less than that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't. I want 100 right. people in here, you know. And we're going to do arm's length to arm's length, you know. There'd be about six feet between tables. But even if you go into restaurants now that are sitting 50%, that'll work. individuals are not six feet from each other. They're not. Oh, they're of course not. not. That that's a lie. Of that's course it is. Yeah. That, that you I agree. you would sh- you would not be able to open anything, if as far as restaurants and nightclubs and things like that go. If they had to be, six if feet, you had to be six right. feet apart, that's ridiculous. Even party to party, you, there's no way you would not. So and and and, and all of, and all of this conversation will be totally moot. If a second wave comes through, if the coronavirus spikes oh, again, oh yeah, it's all over. And man. if this, you know, if this all happens, because you know, Florida's numbers are going up, uh, parts of the, you know, their cases are going up. Alabama is going up. Uh, Iowa is going up. Uh, Michigan, uh, not Missouri, um, Wisconsin. If there is a second wave, that I, I, I think all bets are off. But, well, but um, those numbers are going up mostly because of they're rolling out testing now. Like, well, the thing about it is, so they're just finding more cases. Here's naturally. the way I got it figured. Here's what. Here's yeah. the way I got it figured as a businessman myself. Here, 
you know, and I've been, I've been doing my fireside chats and talking about this. This first wave of opening the country's economy, okay, started what, two and a half weeks ago? At 25%. We did a week of that. Right. Then we opened it up to 50% for retail and restaurants. And the second week, we opened up the beaches and some of the parks, okay? And then we had Memorial Day weekend as part of that 50%. All right. So what did we see on Memorial Day weekend? Was it normal? Was it normal numbers? No. I guarantee it wasn't normal numbers. It was less than normal. But there were big crowds out there. Were there a lot of people not social distancing? Absolutely. There were people, the under 40 crowd, 80% of that group that I see are licking each other. They yeah. don't, they don't <laughs> care. Okay? So, got that if video? this virus is going to have a spike, it should spike by mid-June. Somewhere in that second, third week of June, after Memorial Day weekend, we had a That's lot right. of people out, a lot of people out of their homes. So it should spike. It should. And we're going to wait and see if it does. I don't particularly want to open until that third until week, until positive. I see what happens on that third week yep. of June. Now, David, to what I you're totally saying, agree. if it spikes again, you know, it, it, we let's say it does, it goes up. Well, then they'll back, they'll back off again. And what that hopefully what that will do was that might get it into the heads of a lot of the people who are being irresponsible to be more responsible. Get together. It yeah. finally, because I'm telling you, David, I'm seeing a lot of people out there my age, in their 60s, 70s, not wearing masks, wanting yeah. to come up and shake your hand. And when I, when I ask, ask them about that, I'm like, no, man, here's their response. Hey, man, I don't know anybody that's gotten this virus. Mm-hmm. I don't know right. anybody that knows anybody, anybody know that's yeah, gotten this exactly. virus. I do not know anybody, much less know anybody who's died from the virus. Now, so, right. and I looked that up. I think right now, I, th- I believe right now, they say that about, it's less than 20% of the country knows somebody that has caught the disease. It's less than 20% of the country. Cause even I, know, I, know, one, I, know, I know 10 people that have, I know 10 people that have caught it. Three have been hospitalized and one has died. Now, where do you live again? So, St. Louis. You're in St. Louis. And, but, I, but, I know, but I know a lot of people. Willie Farrell, a very good friend of mine and a comedian, got it. Uh, 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 a friend of mine who's a nurse in uh, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, she got it, and her friend got it, and her friend died, um, someone that I knew. So, I mean, How old for 20 she? people, I, 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 uh, she was 29 years old. Wow. And no, and no, and no medical issues whatsoever. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so, yeah definitely. Um, so, yeah, so, may, so maybe for me, uh, that's why I am horrified when I see people saying, I just want to get my hair cut. And I'm like going, you have no idea how selfish you truly are. Until well, you know, it affects you, until you are actually affected by it. Until your right. grandparents you know die or somebody you know dies. But let me ask yeah, you this, until, David. You, you it, saying until that. it actually happens to you, you don't take it seriously. But David, is, you say this is well, not you, the flu. But you're just saying what you said, David, okay? But are you go, so are you going to stand in a, on a, in a comedy room on a stage with no mask on and perform for a hundred people laughing. 
right now I'm debating it. I'm not sure. I did it. I, I mean, this this, 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 show, this show in June. I'm I, I'm um, I'm waiting to find out what the club is going to do. I will say this is that I don't think if I do perform in that room, um, because I'm on stage and because I am far away from people, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll sell merchandise. I don't know if I'll take pictures after the show. You know me less after the show, and the reason I got the fan base I have is because. I talk to people after the show. I'm taking yes. pictures. I'm yeah. signing, signing sure. autographs and, sure. you know, selling my merchandise. Yeah, That's I do a lot I of comments. generate my fan yeah. base. Absolutely. I may not do that. Now, when I, I may oh, not no. do that. Yeah, I, when I, I did would. It, here's the thing. When I did it at, at Off the Hook, they had it set up really great, I thought, where, whereas on being on stage, I was all the way back, as far back as Yeah, we're going to do that here, too. And it was marked on the stage. Yep. The tables were further away from the end. Yep. And, and you really were not that close. And I do understand what you're saying, Dave. You, you know, your personality and you get personable with the crowd afterwards, and you won't be able to do that. That's the only bad part. And you won't be able to sell your merch and stuff. You know, that's going to be a big uh, change in the business. Well, really. well I'm the same al- way. And also my show... I mean, I do bits in my show that involve audience so do members I. coming on stage. So do I. Yeah. Um, so and you, you, you got to take that, that out of your show. I've got, I, I've got to. I want to run in the audience. Those bits for my show. Yeah. So. I mean, one of the things that we talked about here was we when we were setting up our room with the front row was that we're placing the comic as far back on the stage as we can, so that they are six feet from the person in the fr- closest to them in the front row and on top of that i'm going to take two fans on the corners of the stage and i'm going to blow air in front in between the front row and and the st- and the comic there'll be air moving circulating mm-hmm. so that because we all know as comics shit we've all spit out of our mouth yeah you know and you know you hit somebody on the front row you're like oh god i'm sorry (laughs) you know what i mean jesus i didn't mean to spit on you i never i never apologize you know you you feel like they like it a little bit though don't you yeah I feel like, I feel like I, you're in the front row. You know you're going to get spit on. It's a fact. You want a little of this. Yeah. It's, it's a splash zone. It's a splash yeah, that's, that's right. Why, this so, is why you paid the VIP price. That's right. Yeah. So we're going to we, – we, I, thought, uh, I thought about that, and I said, well, if we, if we put a couple of fans on the corners that are – you know, they, that aren't loud. How you about can, a big piece of plexiglass? You can, nah. But you can – nah, that'd be too <laughs> weird. But if you what can get heck? that – you because as a comic, we were sitting there going, you're not going to be masked. Your face is too much a part of it. And right. I was telling, when we were going through, we were sitting here with our managers and me and Pam and a couple of our employees, and we were setting this room up, and we were really talking about making it as safe as possible. I go, I'm sitting in the middle, I go, you know who's the most vulnerable person in the room? Comic. Me. Yeah. Me. The person on stage. Because we're going to yeah. be unmasked, and I right am you. going to be doing seven, eight, 10 shows with at least 100 right. people be in, a glass in every yeah. show, you know. So I have to feel comfortable that, you know, that, you know, when it comes down to it, David, it's like we're, we're just either deciding, you know, we're just doing it and taking that risk like everybody in the audience is, you know. Right. We're just, I, will say, I, 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 I will say this. If I, if the next time I do a show, if it's the, show in june 
I'm bringing my own mic stand and my own microphone. That's I'm a good idea. I'm sharing a mic stand. Oh, I'm yeah. not sharing a microphone. Well, we'll, 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 dis- you know. we'll disin- we, we can disinfect everything you can disinfect. on stage. See, I don't believe in that because uh, – not the disinfectant, but the microphone because we're spitting and talking into the micro- into the grate the crevices of the microphone. and all the little crevices the, of the, the mic. The particles are going deeper into the microphone than what you're cleaning. Right. If I've got my own microphone, I don't need to worry about it. Yeah. I know so, Pam mentioned having the foam yeah. covers – and having several yeah, of them. That's a, that, that's that's true. a good idea. That we can put the over the covers. microphones, and then we so, can yeah. disinfect each yeah. one, you know, when that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, we're going to do everything me, we can. Like, I'll just bring my own microphone, then there's no worry. Right. Yeah, that's so, true. Right. It's 100 bucks. Well, my, mer- my merch is going to be bottles of disinfectant. That's right. Good luck name, finding them. name and picture on it. Yeah. Good luck finding those. Yeah, what do you think, Dave? Huh? That'll work. Well... You know, it, it, hey, we're all gonna we're all gonna find out in this industry over the next you what know two months over the next because we we had really decided when this first when we first closed back in March we decided back then to we decided to open mid July get through the four let a few months go by let's see what happens and right you know because we felt like just by people's natural human nature some people are going to be serious about this some people ain't going to get it you know it's going to ebb and flow for a while it's going to go up and down and what we need to see is can we get to a point to where if we as a business are doing all the right things then you're as safe here as you would be anywhere unless you're not going to leave your fucking house you know, right. and I know my, my cousin is a is a nurse and has been for 30 years and he's worked. He, he goes, I've been I've worked in an emergency. I've worked in a in a, an intensive care with Ebola, you know, where we had to be in hazmat suits and, you know, and all that kind of stuff and the whole night. And so we're trained in this. And he goes, his thing was, yes, the social distancing is big. Wear the mask. Treat everything you touch like wet paint. He goes, that's what we were always told. When you touch a surface that you don't know is disinfected, it's wet paint. So that way, if it's wet paint, you won't touch your face, you won't put your hands in your pocket, you won't touch your clothes, you won't touch any other surface until you wash your hands. So, And then, don't touch your face. He goes, if you'll do those things... You're as safe as you can be. You're as safe have as you, you can be. Tried, other have you ever being tried a, not to touch your face? It's fucking have you ever impossible. Have li- literally tried not to touch your face? Dave, I've been you, trying Dave, to Dave, if you saw my face. It is impossible. <laughs> it's hard. It is not really if you hard. saw my face, Dave, you would know. But you know easy. what I do, David? I've got, uh, I've got the hand sanitizer with me all the time. I've literally do? got Seriously? Oh, no, so do all, I. All I've I know, got, so do I, but I love the thing. I love the people who say, and they're right, but they say, don't touch your face. Do you realize... How many hundred times a day you touch your face? You don't even realize it. Oh yeah, it's so like much harder. Yeah, it's so hard to it. say, "Don't touch your face." Yeah, you that's really hard. Which includes like your ears. Alcoholic, just Everything. stop drinking. It's really hard. It is. It's really hard. Yeah. Well, you know, David, I, I've got a little hand sanitizer. It's small that I cl- it clips onto. I carry a bag with me, you know, and so it clips onto the side of my bag, and so I just have that thing, and it's like. If I touched my face and I went, uh-oh, I get that hand sanitizer and I, I put it on my fucking face, like right then, immediately. Yeah. 
you right. know. And <laughs> so now it's like whenever I want to touch my face, like they're going, you know, I, I want to touch. You know it. what I'm going to do? I want to. Then that, then I, I do the hand sanitizer, and then I touch my face. It's I'm like orgasmic at that. You know what I'm going to do, right? Dave? It feels I'm good because it's I'm alcohol. I'm going to invent the invisible <laughs> fence for around your face. Yeah. So if you go to touch your face, you. you get a little shock. A little ah, shock. Oh, yeah. I like ah, that. Like a little, yes, like a little. All you do is wear invisible uh, fence Maybe it's like a necklace you wear, yeah. like a headband. Right around oh your head God. and yes. around the top. And, and it's just you like a little force field. Cancel all your penis. appointments, yeah, Mark Cuban. You know, Shark Tank, we're coming. Invention, invention is necessity, right? Yeah. Necessity is the mother of invention. Innovation. That's a great idea. Think about that. Invisible face fence. I can't wait to see you on Shark Tank for that. Pitching that, pitching that to yeah. Mark Cuban. Yeah, you want three three million dollars for a two percent of the company? <laughs> I need three hundred thousand dollars for four percent. Yeah, you know, hey, is is got fence? Oh yeah. So, so let's just here's uh, uh, we're getting close to wrapping this up. Thanks, David, for calling in. Now, here's here's my question. All right, so you can't, you know, now. You're you're just starting your career. Yes. Yes. Okay. So you're the after COVID guy we're looking for. <laughs> so yes. sharpen up your shit. We're gonna need you in about <laughs> a year. Sharpen up your yeah. shit. Sharpen your yes. shit up. We really, I'll yeah. work with you. Nah, you know, we're that's get, a lay, in that. layman terms. Yes. yes. Sharpen up yeah. your yeah. shit. Up your shit, man. Youngin. Yeah. Youngin. <laughs> now, for, for me and Carfi and, and David. Oh, all right. Damn. So all of a sudden. You, you you go. I can't do this anymore, or at least I don't know. I'm not going to be able to do this comfortably for a, until there's a vaccine. Couple of years. I, seriously, of years. what would you do? Dave, I mean, do you, you either have enough money to hang out for two years until there's a vaccine, and then kind of get back into it, or you got to go get a job somewhere. I don't know what I fucking job, job I, I would go get. I've been doing this for forty years. I ain't getting a job anywhere. It ain't going to happen. I haven't worked in forty. Yeah. Years. Well. You, yeah, luckily you for me is well. that because because I'm a I'm a capitalist I'm an opportunist. I saw the stock market uh, as an opportunity to buy, yes. and I've actually made money since the coronavirus. Really hit. good for you. So well, yeah, the there there is some opportunity in the stock market, but I you got to be that. careful because of course this shit could go south in a heartbeat too. Yeah, well, but when but when Boeing went down to eighty nine dollars a share. And you buy twenty thousand dollars and it shoots back up to one forty five. You made a bunch of money. Nice. You made a bunch of money. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so I mean, there. I mean, it's gotta have so, the balls but yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I, I've been very fortunate. But as you a saved well. To always understand the business side of show business. Well, you saved so well. I, you I got could, money I could take some time off and wait for things to calm down or regulate to an area or to a place where it's like, okay, we can we can get back to work. But right. I, personally, for me, I don't want to be that. I mean, I honestly believe that at some point you have to live your life yes. and you have to roll the dice yep. and you have to say, what is my life worth? Yep. You know, now if, if, if McCurdy says, listen, I'm going to pay you X amount of dollars for 10 shows, I got to go, okay, am I risking my life for that amount of money? Is it worth it? Yes or no? Yeah. And you then you make decide, the decision. Right. Yeah. And that's and, and that's going to be individual based on every club I perform at. But I'm not ready to quit. I'm not ready to I'm not ready to tuck my tail between my legs and hide in my house. Well, and you know years. what, David, when it's just when, not the way I am. When you talk about risking your life for that amount of money, and we talked about this the other day, is that we're all road we're we're we've all we're for years we've all been basically 
truck drivers hauling jokes. Really? You should have seen you the know, girls. I the amount, the amount. So the, what we all know is probably the most dangerous thing you're going to do is still to this day not standing on the stage even with the virus around. The most dangerous thing you're going to do is drive on the interstate for three hours. That's True. still the oh. it's still the most dangerous yeah. thing we do. Probably. Oh, yeah. it is. There's right. no doubt about yeah. it. It is the most dangerous Taking thing. Your life Hands your down. Man, just do Hands that. down. Yeah. Driving is the most dangerous thing. And More likely to cooking. kill you. Yeah, yes. and, and I think and I think of this as a comedian. Any comedian that has been on the road and stayed at the condo that side splitters used to have. If yeah. you didn't die from staying at that condo, yeah. you're immune to everything yeah, else. Yeah, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there was a bunch of those condos. I when, had a bunch of those. When you were just too. like, you know, those condos where you go, you go, yeah. uh, oh, you go, did you cook? You go, cook. <laughs> Cook. <laughs> I, I wouldn't go in that fucking kitchen with a hazmat suit. Remember John, remember John Fox? Oh, God, Remember yeah. John Fox oh, said yeah. to me, he said, when you go, in, I think this was in, in California somewhere, when you go into the condo, look in the closet on the right. There's this girl's phone number in there. She is so hot, man. You're going to get laid immediately. This is the kind of thing that went on when I used to do comedy back uh, in the 80s. And well, of course. All the early, remember the early well, days of John doing Fox. It? Oh, there a glory God, hole in the corner, too. Talk like, about Jesus. viruses. This is like, whew. yeah. John Fox. Well, John Fox always he always do the joke where he walks in, takes a, uh, takes his, has his, uh, has food, takes the peanut butter out, opens up the peanut butter, puts his dick in the peanut butter, and says, this is mine. And then puts <laughs> it in the refrigerator. Yeah. Yeah, Bert. So, that's uh, so him. Bert from uh, yep. Zanies. Too bad he's in heaven now. Chicago Zanies. And, but he was at the Nashville Zanies when I was up there years ago. Uh, 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 and I was middling. I was middling. I don't even remember who the headliner was. But anyway, was middling. And he went to pay me. And he goes, do you know John Fox? And I go, I've never met him, but, you know, there's a lot of stories Road about him, right? And this was like 30 years ago, right? He goes, he goes, that's how much he was here last week. He goes, I was paying him. He goes, Bert, he goes, I've had a good week. I've fucked everybody on your staff except you. So, you got a little time. <laughs> you got a little time. Uh, and you know, the funny part is it's probably true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Crazy. Uh, hey, listen, before we get, before we say bye to you, David, how's your daughter doing? How's she, how's she, now she's how old? She's 23. Okay. So how does – what's her spin? Is well, she, she's, she's, well, right she's there, an artist. Right? She, goes, she travels the country going to Comic-Cons and anime conventions doing her artwork, and they've all been shut down as well. So she's had to uh, go online to, do, to sell and do her commissions. But uh-huh. she's, just like, she's just like the rest of us entertainers. She's waiting right. for the word that cons and conventions can uh, – now, at 23 years so. old, when she gets when she goes out there in St. Louis, when she gets with her friends or whatever, is she is she uh, about social distancing and wearing a mask? Oh, and shit she like she that? hasn't she has uh, she's not going out. And when she does go out, she I mean she has, she doesn't go out to socialize. She goes out to the store to get food. Um, every now and then, she goes to the post office or FedEx to mail off one of her one of her commissions. And when she does. She's masked up and she's, uh, cool. you know, got the hand sanitizer. But I think she takes her cues from me, and yeah. she sees just how serious I'm taking it. Yeah. And she says, "If I'm, it's like, okay, if Dad's taking it serious, I better take it serious." Yeah. So. Well, that's good. I mean, I because that's when I'm when I'm out and about. It's the under forty crowd that I see that is like, 
you know, more cavalier. Oh, they're just they're just idiots. Well, they just feel like so it cap- won't kill so them. They just, go, they just go, if I get it, I'll get sick. They don't Even think they're they hear the yeah. stories about young people they're getting They're healthy and, and young, yeah. That's but, they, you know, and I think that's the general attitude of most everybody that's getting out is they feel yeah. like it'll make me sick, but I don't think it'll kill me, you know. And, and you right. know, it is. Like you just said earlier, David, this is something that eventually my cousin's a doctor and we're the best of friends and we've talk, been talking. And he, was, he made that statement a couple of weeks ago. He goes, this just might be something that's with us for a while. Oh, yeah, for sure. And exactly. for a while, years yep. and years. And he goes, it, like the flu. And he goes, it's another thing like that. And it's just going to be something you have to live with. And he goes, I could easily see this coronavirus being something that, that changes and mutates the same way the flu does. Flu changes and mutates every, every year. year. Right. And he goes, it just might be something that every year you go down to Walgreens, you get your flu shot, and you get your fucking coronavirus shot. And hope that you you're okay. You hope know? so. You know, so yeah, there we go. Just want to work. Just want to get back to work. Me too. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah, that's true. That's uh, all I want to do. All right, Dave. Hey, good talking with you, buddy. Nice meeting you, Dave. You too, my friend. Hopefully, I'll see you in uh in September. I mean, this is odd. I'm supposed to be in Florida in Vero Beach in July. Hey, I'm in Vero Beach. When, when in July? So. Oh, I don't know. I'm, in, I'm there on July 6th and 7th, I think, or June. Oh, my 6th my, and 7th. my my opening act is a uh, is a young lady, so. Uh, yeah, I headline um, there. I want to say it's the, uh, I guess the 6th and 7th. I, I, it's the week after July 4th. Oh, okay. Right. Sounds oh, like okay. All right. Well, hey, so, you know. Uh, so if, my, so if I'm in the area, and, I'll know, come we'll by. See. And we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how everything more. shakes out. I hope we see you in September. You know what I mean? I'm I hope hoping. so too, man. I'm I'm hoping that September works out. So me too. Me too, buddy. You know, okay, yeah. man. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Stay, stay safe, everybody. Please stay safe. You Will too. Do. Have a good day. All right. Well, there you go. That was nice. Real interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we're getting all the spins on it. And, of course, once again, we don't know. We don't know. You know, we're just playing this out. Mm-hmm. And, we're, and we're early into it. You and know, the good we're part about couple, this. We're just a, a few months into this thing. The good you know? part about your podcast is I get to hear other comedians and and see how they feel about it. Because it's kind of weird for a comedian. I mean, you know, guys like us, we're sitting here, and we don't know yeah. what everybody thinks about it. Yeah. You know, what do they think? What do they do? Well, you know? and the thing about it is, absolutely. You go, if you're a comic that's been doing this for, you know, 20, 30 years. Yeah. You know, you're in, you're, you're in your, you, at that point, you're, you're in your 50s, probably, to 60s, you know. And, and this is your career. You've either saved well. You've either, you know, you've either built right. a retirement account and, and been been responsible in that way. And if you're sitting there and you go, hey, man, you know, I got I got a good chunk of money in my retirement account. I can sit it out. I can sit this out easily. I can easily, you know, I, figuring that, I mean, my, my thought is I would believe with our technology and the expertise and the brilliance that we have out there that – Within a couple of years, I think less. We're, I think less I think too. Less. I, don't think I think we're going to have long. something. Maybe not a vaccine, but we're going to have a, a, a something that mitigates the severity. This has of this. moved so fast. Yes, there's guys on that right now. Absolutely, there's people working on it right Absolutely. now. Absolutely, we got Watson for God's sake. <laughs> yes, IBM we Watson. got yes. Watson. You know, <laughs> so I think so. So it's like, but David made a good point. There's going to be some comics out there that are in that position. You know, like David, like yourself, whatever, you're going to go, hey, man, uh, you know, we're half capacity, 10 shows, I give you a 1000 bucks. you know, it's eight hours away, 
you're going, I don't know, man. I just don't, you know, I don't. I don't want to go. I don't really, you know, that means I don't really get to sell merchandise. So that means I'm going to, by the time I come home, I'm going to net six, $700 in my pocket. Was it worth it? Was it worth it? And, you know, so we're going to be finding that out. You know, as opposed, uh, along with uh, who's coming out. So, yeah, it's a great experiment on yes. America, on society, on yes. the world. <laughs> For real. You know, but the one thing I can tell you, and we've said this there, and I'll leave it with this. I can guarantee you this. Once there is a medication or a vaccine or anything like that. Bada boom. Bada boom. People are going to be so starved for live interactive entertainment. They're going to get their shot oh, and go right out. So starved. The idea that, that that whole idea that eventually people would would not want this that they would just want to stay that w- they can get all the entertainment they want on a screen. No, not, not as way, good, man. Not no, as it's good. not as good. It's no, not no at way. all. You know. Any last thoughts? Um, I look forward to uh, friendship and meeting strangers after all of this. Yes. Go in the alleyway right around the corner here. (laughs) I said that in my fireside chat. My my silver lining at the end was, as I go, I go, how much I am already appreciating uh, gathering in groups. Yeah. And that I took so for granted and how much I took for granted hugging people. Yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? Shaking hands. Yeah. Now you go whoop I'm and you hugger. stop and you don't do it. Yeah. You know, give the right. elbow. That's right. right. That kind of thing. Hey, hugging you. It's going to happen. Hey, all right, guys. Thanks a lot for sitting in. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll be back.